Uh, welcome to Monday morning. Um, this is a stream, so the very first part of this will be us figuring out if the stream is working. Then I'm going to do an introduction to the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, and then we'll get right into our show, which is special. Today we have special guest uh, Gunner, and he's been uh, tattooing and painting for a long time, uh, technically too old to die young. Anyways, that's not the point. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for tuning in live. It is, holy shit, September 4th. And I already swore to put a mark on YouTube. Sorry about that. But um, this is the Tattoo Weekly, a show about tattoo news events uh, with special artists and guests. Uh, I'm Gabe Ripley, joined by Fawn and Lauren to, to host this show. And um, yeah, as I was saying, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments. And if enough people start commenting, we're going to start giving away things to tattooers. Uh, let us know where you're beaming in from and or tag a friend who's interested in tattoos. If you're watching the podcast, uh, share it around. Okay, I'm going to officially start. Uh, welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Network, where tattoo artists, uh, collectors, apprentices, and the curious are all encouraged to, to join into these live streams, to meet us at real-world events, to share, inspire uh, each other, and ultimately to create better art and tattoos together. We're beaming out four or five days a week, and uh, yeah, we're becoming a quality uh, network of tattoo shows with your help. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in these fine places, uh, the, either of the app stores, Apple or Google. Do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo on YouTube. Do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. There is a Roku channel. You guessed it. Search for Reinventing the Tattoo. There's 12 to 15 channels going at any given time on the Roku, including the Drunk Critique. Um, appropriate disclaimers so everyone was drunk. Um, okay, point is uh, you could go to all the major podcast directories, Apple, Spotify, and all of these shows um, automatically show up the next day on the podcast. Just do a, a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. Now, if uh, you want to find the one main source for everything Reinventing, you guessed it, reinventingthetattoo.com. And there is a free newsletter. There's a couple of free courses. They don't teach you how to tattoo for free there, of course. But there's some awesome history courses, both uh, recent history in the last 100 years. Uh, Jay Brown from the Northwest Tattoo Museum has an awesome course. He put a lot of time into every apprentice. Everybody really should be going through it. It's pretty awesome. And then there's a prehistory class in there. There's a whole bunch of free stuff. But then the subscribers that get reinventing evolution or the canon or the Monday class are really actually the, the heartbeat that would support all these shows. Um, in any event, uh, go to reinventingthetattoo.com. There's links uh, and for the schedules for all of the live shows. Some of them you could join in. And uh, let's see, pick one. I already picked one of those. Plug the last show uh, earlier today uh, was the Drawing for Tattooers, hosted by James Wisdom every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, with special guest uh, Kyle Olson. He had a lot to say. I got to uh, beam in for a little bit of it. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, if you go to the reinventing.com, if you click on the events, there's the whole mess of uh, schedule. There's uh, the reinventing group with Jason Leeser. There's Drawing for Tattooers. Let's talk about feelings with uh, Robbie Ripple, the Tattoo Collecting 101, Thursday with Fawn. Uh, let's see. Let me plug our sponsors uh, pretty quickly here, and then we can get on with the show. I'm pretty excited. Uh, WorldTattooEvents.com is the most comprehensive resource for tattoo events uh, worldwide. Okay, this is going. Oh, sorry, I just... You would have told me if it wasn't working. <laughs> okay, it's the most comprehensive worldwide uh, convention list. Um, I know I tried to copy it like 10 years ago, and after three days, I was like, Alex has, you know, he has enough time on his hands to make sure that we're all kept up to date with a tremendous amount of tattoo convention 
um, information that's out there. And it seems like they're going in full swing. So worldtattooevents.com, then tattoonow.com. I do computer stuff for tattooers, uh, not just software. We also have documentation uh, to help you run your business or get a, a bank loan for a business plan or whatever. And weekly uh, roundtable meetings, which are awesome, tattoonow.com. Then Guy Aitchison, of course, is the founder of Reinventing the Tattoo and the Spirit, the reason why we all are here uh, able to, again, share with each other, inspire each other, and do better tattoos together. So definitely go to uh, GuyAitchison.com and Reinventing the Tattoo. Uh, leave positive reviews on the channels that helps us get the word out. If you'd like to host uh, a reinventing event at your convention or sponsor the community, you can email us at reinventingthetattoo.com. Constructive criticism. Anyways, okay. Whew. I'm going to click this off. Welcome our hosts. Take a breath. And welcome, Fawn and Lauren. How are you? Doing good, actually. Um, nice. That was not too long. We're under five minutes. So nice job today. Whew. Awesome. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. And uh, yeah, so everybody, we have, we could post up comments here real quick. Just one last one. Lauren and, G. Uh, <laughs> hey. Uh, so Streams let us working. know, like I said, you have to let us know it's working for you. But anyways, let's, uh, how are you guys doing Monday morning? Oh, it's nice and early Monday morning. Uh, good day to Joseph Floor. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to do quite the travel the next week and a half. So I was telling Fawn about that yesterday, just, uh, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow's schedule will be pretty packed, uh, going from Chicago to London to Berlin and back through Paris to New York, uh, and then LA. So, you know, yeah, I'm awesome. really excited. Uh, I was looking at the Berlin tattoo convention coming up next weekend and the, uh, golden state tattoo expo. So there's a lot of tattooers I've never seen, actually tattooing. So I'm really looking forward. Um, like I'd mentioned, Elliot Kohak would be really exciting to see work and how he does things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Berlin's fun. I, uh, I love Berlin. The, um, there's the, yeah, the whole, the whole city is just, uh, well, I don't know about the whole city. The, the parts of the city that, uh, that I went to uh, a couple of times were awesome. Uh, my first time was in 1992. And uh, I was uh, hitchhiking through, uh, yeah, through Berlin on the way to, to Eastern Europe. It was just after the, the wall fell, but um, mm -hmm. a lot of fun in any event. It's, it's, uh, it was amazing to see the changes. I went there a couple of years ago with Marcus. Uh, yeah, you're going to love it. And uh, it's going to be a, a fun show for sure. Yeah. So if you guys are watching and you'll be attending either Factory Day for Cheyenne or the Berlin Tattoo Convention, just either drop a comment or let me know if someone you follow is there that you'd like us to check out. Because it's always cool kind of having the ability to do that in person because so many tattooers, you just never really get the, ch the chance to see, especially internationally. So many tattooers you've looked up to or seen their work for years. And now's the opportunity. Yes. Yeah, so Fawn, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. I'm just kind of like getting into the swing of things. I went on a little road trip with my mom yesterday so I'm a little road worn, um, but we had a I think I think a pretty informative episode last week on uh, tattoo collecting 101. Um, I accidentally spent the day uh, researching some ingredients to some typical like skincare, so you get to hear me like go on this huge half hour long spiel about my thoughts on aftercare products and a few of the key ingredients in them. Uh, and then after that, we, uh, we got to sit in on Ben getting tattooed by Maddie 
uh, one of our other Red Tree artists. Um, she's joined us on several episodes. So uh, I think it was actually a pretty good and informative episode, like a whole bunch of like knowledge dump at the beginning and then a whole bunch of tattoo process throughout. So um, if you have time to sit and chill and listen with us, I think we had a pretty good episode last week. It, it's always fun to see the uh, advancements in the technology you're, you're always making there and, you know, going, you know, with the stage and then the back and the screen in the background and um, yeah, it's fun. And then, uh, and then the on, on location, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, well, I hey, was, we do have, I was oh, on sorry. the road. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I was on the road. Kyle was holding down the fort, working all the uh, equipment and setting things up. So Kyle's been awesome. pretty integral and in keeping, keeping the things running smoothly on Thursdays. Awesome. So. Kyle, the apprentice. The apprentice, <laughs> no longer the apprentice hopeful. I love bragging on him about that, picking his brain about what, uh, what projects he's working on. So it's pretty exciting to see. Awesome. Sweet. Well, uh, we have uh, a gunner in the, uh, in the, in the wings here. Let me, uh, let's click him in here. And uh, so uh, gunner, thank, thanks for joining us. Uh, it looks uh, beautiful out there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I didn't. It was too nice to stay inside. So since I <laughs> since I could use awesome. my phone, I decided to come outside. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, and and you've been hitting the. Uh, I mean, you're no stranger to to the to the video shows. So I feel kind of funny uh, introducing or reintroducing. There's there's plenty of uh, videos that people can check out, but I think I've known you as long as almost anybody uh, in the tattoo world, uh, right from back in the dark side days in the mid nineties, but we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that, uh, you know, a little bit later. So in any event, uh, Gunnar, uh, want to introduce yourself briefly and then we could, uh, start to start the discussion. Get some questions rolling. Yeah. So, um, for, for the many people out there who don't know me, cause I've been doing this really long time and a lot of this industry is super new. Um, I started tattooing back around the mid to late nineties, um, in Connecticut and then, um, moved out to Ohio. I worked with Derb over who now owns Red Creek, uh, at Stained Skin back in the late nineties, early two thousands. Now, then I started my own studio and then, um, and then I got like lucky because I got known for doing this like new school art and my career really took off from there. Uh, and then I did some painting around that time and then ended up doing some album art for a band that did really well, um, which skyrocketed my career. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just been painting and making tattoos ever since. So that's and, uh, about and, it. And traveling, what are some of, uh, I'll, I'll ask one more question and then, uh, uh I'll let, uh, Lauren and Fong ask some, but, um, so what are some of the various places in the last, uh, was it two decades, three decades almost that, uh, that you've been tattooing and, and, and painting? Uh, like travel wise, like where have I been to or yeah. lived? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I moved all, I've like, I think I've worked, man, I don't even know now, probably like <laughs> 20 something shops. I've probably worked at over the course of my career. Um, I started in Connecticut, then moved to Ohio, lived in California for a while. I worked at, I've worked at some awesome shops, like some like I started dark, I worked at Dark Side, which was a big shop for um, kind of the East East Coast new school movement back in the like late 90s. And then I went and worked at Stained Skin, which was filled with a bunch of, a lot of heavy hitters came out of that place, Derb, Phil Holt, um, ah. Hoffa, Art Fink on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I mean, there's been, was a bunch of people came through that shop. I can't even recall everybody right now, but, um, and then I went out and worked out in San Diego for a minute at Guru, um, which is an awesome shop out there. Uh, back when Adam Hathorne and, and, you know, Eric Delavadoa still had it back then. But so I was out there, I worked in, I, I lived all over Southern California. I just have like a, I have like really bad wanderlust and I get bored easy. So I need like, I mean, even it shows in every aspect of my life from like the chaos of me moving all the time to uh, every time, like all my art is constantly changing. You know, it's like, I don't just fix in on a style and like dig in for 20 years. It's been like, today I'm going to do landscapes tomorrow. I'm going to do, you know, something else like so i just like to explore i think you know so and then i moved out to sorry about that there's a plane or something over there then i moved out to uh yeah then i moved back to ohio for a bit and then i moved back to california and then to boston i worked up in boston for a bit and now i'm back in connecticut so yeah a little bit all over the place uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, I remember it would have been 2000, let's see, 14, I believe you were doing a guest spot at Red Tree when it was still on the uh, at the old location. That was the first time I'd seen you work in person, just kind of lingering and saying like, whoa, this is just a different level than anything I'd experienced. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a fun place to work. That was a good back when it was like Adam and me and yep. the Rich Cook and Kevin Streth were there. Yeah, a lot of good guys came through there too. Awesome. Those were the, those were the years that I was still um, getting worked on by Adam, and uh, I I can I can't describe how many hours I spent staring at the one painting of yours where it's like the jungle scene with the frog and the computer. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yep, yep. That one, I feel like I could probably almost repaint that just because of the hours <laughs> spent like getting lost into that painting while I was getting worked on. I love uh, I love how you build your atmospheres and how you build your your landscapes, you know, like focusing on landscapes myself. I love that, you know, that's never a forgotten element of your paintings. Like your characters stand out on their own, but the background tells so much more of the story as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I if if I had the inclination, I probably would have been a landscape artist, but um... It just, I, I like I said, I dive into so many things, but I do really enjoy it. And I feel like they can have their own character. You know, they really do set the stage. I always, I looked at like art as like storytelling. So it's, you know, it's like if you were making a movie, you, you know, like the, the costuming matters, the, you know, the background or set design matters, like all the little elements you include matter. So, um, so I couldn't, I couldn't like negate like the landscapes from the work I do. I, it's just too, too much of an integral part. But. That's what, I mean, I feel like I love, I love the new school characters, but I love that you juxtapose these like beautifully rendered, you know, exaggerations and caricatures, people and characters um, with just on point, beautiful backgrounds. You know, you follow all the classic rules when you're building these these wonderful landscapes and cityscapes, but then you have so much fun when it comes to building your characters. And I, I love that, you know, all the work you've put in, jumping into all the different styles of painting throughout the years, like 
you can see it all shine and it just pushes your own style that much further, you know? Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I think that that, like, to me has always been, that was the hard part with, like, like I said, I got real successful for doing, like, these little creepy kids back when I first started tattooing. And it was, like, it probably would have been easy to just lock into that and just do those forever, like, and, and been able to make some type of career off of it. But, like, the thing I find about, like, art, and I d I don't share this, you know, a lot of people don't share this opinion with me. I know a lot of artists that really just want to hone the one thing they do. Like, I mean, that's become a big thing in tattooing right now where everybody wanted to have like, that's my style. That's what I'm known for. That's all I do. And like, to me, the exploration process is, is huge because you don't like, you know, it's like, you know, Gabe kind of made the joke that I'm too old to be young or whatever that what, like we're getting older, but, but as an artist, your career is, is, you know you can basically do it till the day you die so i don't know if i have i mean i could be just seriously at the you know halfway through my career right now and if i just like limited myself to this is what i'm going to do for 50 years of creating art or whatever it's like i wouldn't even know what potential i truly had throughout my career because i would have like locked into something at you know and i could have been the best at like whatever that particular thing is but there might be something like that i still have yet to create that is really going to be like where i'm like oh my god this is what it's all been about like so i always look at like every aspect of art as like your stepping stone to whatever you're going to create in the future and and not knowing what that might even be what that element might be so it's like how do I just get really good at what I'm doing right now and focus on that? Like right now I'm doing a bunch of cavern paintings. They're just caverns. Like that was, I was like, I'm going to make caverns, but I'm learning how to paint rocks. You know, I mean, everything is about like just focusing on a particular detail and then I'll bring that element into a new thing. So like this, like series was this dystopian series. It just, it felt relevant at the time. Like, I mean, everybody can kind of feel it in the air right now that it, it just feels heavy for people. And so I kind of wanted to address that artistically. Um, but in the paintings, there's like a little symbol of hope in there because I don't think this is like forever lasting. I think we're just stuck in a moment right now. But even in there, it's like, I just was trying to address like creating facial emotion, you know, like it was more like I want to create facial emotions and I wanted to create like heaviness in the, in the atmosphere itself and like let each piece tell a story. But I don't like I'm I can't I'm not gonna do dystopian paintings the rest of my career. Like it's just a section of my career. So um I think there's something important to like just continued growth, you know? And and for me that's like the exploration process. Yeah, for uh I have a question kind of because I've watched uh you on various like personal videos on social media over the last couple of years, I'd say. Um probably maybe even three years. I'm curious because you've been a witness to um, what would normally either break or create artists, you know, over the last 20 some years, maybe even close to 30 years. Um, how does that feel to you as you're kind of expressing yourself through these different paintings and different, like you said, the keyword relevance? And um, how does that compare to, you know, when you started to now, how are your feelings and connectivity through your art? Because it's... I you know what's so fun? Like, so this year has been a really weird, was a super weird year for me. Um, I ended up, I'm actually in Connecticut helping my family this year. And 
you know, it's like you, you can set plans in motion where you're like, oh, that's my, you know, it's funny. I just talked with Jason about this. You can set plans in motion where you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, what's your five-year plan? And you have this idea of what your plan is going to be. And then life happens and it gets side railed. And I've had a lot of, you know, like living the way I do, I've had a lot of, a lot of life, a lot of, a lot of ups and downs. And so when I came out here, like I was expecting to work and be able to tattoo right away. And it just didn't happen. Like I couldn't, you know, I'm still trying to find like a comfortable, like, like studio position here. Um, and, and it took me forever to get licensed. So I, so I wasn't tattooing. So I'm like, well, I'm going to, I got to do something. So I'm like, I'm going to dig into my painting. And what could have been like a really bad thing because there was no money. Like, you know, when I'm painting, it's like, I only make money if they sell. So it's like, you're really just hustling, you know, trying to create, hoping something gets bought along the way or whatever. But the beauty is, is when there was like no expectation for me of like, are people going to buy that? Am I making like a marketable product right now? It was more like, I just need to like create right now. I was able to focus more on my stuff, like what I wanted to make. I wasn't trying to like, the hardest part for me in tattooing is I found like over the last 10 years of my career, I was like continually being molded by the market because, you know, I would do something and maybe there was no like audience for it. So it's like, well, I'm only gonna, if I don't make a tattoo, I don't fucking pay my bills. Right. So then I got to like, what, what do people want right now? So then I have to like divert my direction and, and kind of create something hoping that they would want it. And it, it was hard because I, you know, I do custom art and stuff, but it's, I do niche. My stuff's pretty niche. So I've always, you know, I had to like, for a while, I was like kind of lost in the world of tattooing. Like I didn't know my direction anymore. And so when I was able to step away from tattooing, which I thought this was going to be a really bad thing, but it was like, honestly ended up being a good thing. Cause I just focused on like, what do I want to make? Like, if there's not a sale at the end of the day, what kind of art am I going to create? And, and because of that, I feel like my art this year has probably grown more than it has the last decade beforehand, because before I was like trying to appease a bunch of different audiences. And I, so I never knew what my voice was. And so this time I got to kind of like sit down and like hone my voice again, which can happen in the, you know, in tattooing and you're seeing it now where, you know, like people get frustrated right now. It's probably a perfect year in the winter season of tattooing, right? Like all of a sudden everybody's having cancellations and they're, they get freaked out a little bit about their money. And so all of a sudden they're like, what do I have to do to pay the, the bills right now? And the hardest part is when you're creative for a living, like we're essentially prostitutes at, at at a particular times in our careers, like we're selling ourselves to, to we're selling that product. Right. And so sometimes we have to forfeit. You see this happen with musicians all the time. You see it happen with movie directors. You need to make a product to make your bills, but you're forfeiting your vision to other people because that's, what's going to pay the bills. And so a lot of times the artist gets lost in the creative process. And I know for certain, I've watched this happen on social media the last 10 years, how many artists have diverted their path to stay relevant with what was hip in the world of tattooing. And so we might not ever get to experience what the greatest art out there ever could have been because that artist went so far off track and became a slave to a paycheck. And that cost them their creativity along the way. Like, it's not to say they weren't making good art, but they weren't making art that was pure to them. So for me, this was like an awesome experience because it's been like financially, it's been the hardest time of my life. 
but artistically it's been like the most rewarding time of my life because I'm like, fuck it, man, I'm just going to make art. Like I just love making art. That's what I, and, it, and it's the best test I've ever had because if you ever want to know how much you really love something, don't make money off of it and just keep doing, you know, like, so I was like, I'm showing up every day. Like I'm working, you know, 12 to 14 hour days painting or do whatever projects I happen to be working on. And, and I'm just dug in and making art for, because I love the process of making art. And, and, you know, I have like, I'm not even showing stuff daily anymore. I gave up on trying to keep up with these algorithms. So like, I'll drop a painting when the painting's done. Like, I'm not trying to like make a painting a day to keep up anymore. I've just given up on that. And now I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm going back to what I loved about, because that's what built my career in the first place. Like, it was like all that passion and just digging in and like just wanting to make art for the love of art and not because it's going to get seen or because because I tried playing that game. I tried keeping up with what was happening in the world and I couldn't do it. Like it was beating me down mentally. It, it's, a, it's a psychological fuck up trying to like compete with the world of social media. And so, I did like anyways. though that you, you brought it full center and you were really organic and raw about your feelings with it. That was that was cool. Um, what would you say to artists that like that's all they've known? Like the last 10 years, it's all been that social media they might not even really have the perspective or awareness you know and that's and it's hard and maybe i don't know if that's you know there's there's a scene i keep bringing this up because i find it to be one of the like most relevant scenes ever especially nowadays because you keep seeing all these people that are like oh look the world's finally waking up there's a scene in the movie the matrix where the guy's like there's one guy and he's like dude i just want to be put back in the matrix like i just want to be replugged in because the ignorance was bliss like, I just want to enjoy steaks at a restaurant or whatever the hell it was, you know? And, um, and I feel like maybe for them, there's a difference, I think, between like a 20 year artist who's seen these changes and had to adapt to them as to people that were, you know, it's like that Bane, like they were born in the darkness. Like we're merely adapting, you know, it's that, like that idea. And so they, some of them might be so used to it. That's all because that is all they know. And for some of the, I feel like there's the generate, like you're watching seasoned artists, I think are struggling the most. Maybe, maybe I could be wrong, but I know that there's seasoned artists out there that are struggling to try and stay relevant. The kids are fucking better than ever now. And they're, and you're not just competing on a local level anymore. You're like competing on a global level. So it's not like when I came up, it was like, you know, I had I was able to throw stuff in magazines once every three months. I would send a package of pictures to, you know, not, I wasn't on there every day. I was like, here goes my stack of pictures once every three months to all the magazines. Hopefully they'll print something. But in, in reality, I was just in competition with whatever was happening in the state of Connecticut, you know, because there was like back then there was like maybe 10 shops or something. So that was your like real competition for the most part. And now it's like you're being compared to an artist from Europe who might have like, they've been getting, they're around art, like America fucking hates mm -hmm. art. Like we are not like yeah. a culturally intelligent like country. And you look at some of these other countries where these, you know, some of these people are more ingrained in the culture of art and, and they've been getting it since they were a kid. And now you're trying to compete with, you know, somebody who's got like this, like, you know, education in, in Russian historical masterpiece painting and you're like some, you know, some kid just trying to make it out of like middle of nowhere, Iowa or whatever. And you're trying to compare and your clients are coming in, showing you the photos of this work and then are like, hey, can you do that? And 
I mean, it's that's really heavy. That's a heavy competition to have. And so I don't know. I feel for kids, and I don't, I don't know. If, I think because the competition is there, and it's not like, you know, as much as people talk about the tattoo community, we're not a community. Like we don't really, in in some regards, we're supportive of each other, but really, we're a competitive community, and not in a healthy way. Like. The amount of like people I see dog other people's styles, like I like all like styles of tattooing because like, I just appreciate art in general. But like we pared down like this style's dumb, this technique is dumb, this person's an idiot. You know, it's like we're constantly tearing each other down as a community. You would think like as artists, we would want to build each other up because we're basically it's like us versus everything else in society. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how it should to some degree should be. It's like we should be trying to like support each other more. And so, you know, it's like we're stuck in this like massive base of, of competition, unhealthy competition with each other. And it, it just was made way more unhealthy by social media. And and you have people who won't. And like you said, you have people who've only known that world. Like so they never even really got to enjoy like a whole like. I mean, not that there was ever like a heavy community sense because shops have always kind of been a battle with each other to some degree. You might have, even if you like work at a shop, you could like, the minute you leave, everybody's like, fuck that dude, you know, like glad they're down the street, fucking asshole, you know? So it's not like there's ever been this like, you know, it's like everybody's like, yeah, tattoo community. And it's like, that's a fucking, you know, it's a myth. It's, it's, it's not to be a prick about it, but it's a myth. Like, because, you know, if you were like, if people were so supportive, they would be on, like, rather than supporting fucking what The Rock is doing, you know, they'd be on their friend's page, like, every fucking picture they liked, you know, teasing them up, like, hey, man, you're fucking, you know, like, you guys are the best, or, you you know, it's like, and instead, it's like, someone tell me I'm good. Please, just someone tell me I'm good, you know, because I need to feel relevant in the world today. And I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a shift in the future. Maybe people will get, you know, they'll rebel against it the way they do every other generation. Like maybe the next generation that comes up is like, how do they fucking live like that? Like that looks like madness. And they become the hope, you know, because they realize it's all fucking nonsense. Like, yeah, you know, I do hear, I do always hear a fair amount of people complaining, like, you know, I, I can't get myself, you know, traction and the algorithms or I'm trying and I'm not supposed to do this. And, you know, I have a coworker who doesn't, seem to care and he doesn't post at all and you know he's, he's, he's just as busy as i am you know part of it's like if you're going to the social media to get business like that's i mean it works for some people and and but like that's not what it's designed for you know it's designed to keep us into it and and, and scrolling and um yeah so as far as like you know to, to i guess to your point like sometimes just like getting your artwork out on the streets you know when was the last time you put your posters out with really cool artwork you know, at the coffee yeah. shops, you know, and, uh, or, or hosted a, you know, client appreciation party. Although in COVID, I guess right now, I wouldn't necessarily be like aiming to jam a lot of people. I mean, <laughs> whatever, you know, uh, in a room, but still please come to the convention. But no, you know, um, anyways, I, I was just, you know, thinking that, you know, there's still you know, people, the, the, the FOMO is, is scientifically driven. That's like what the scientists are thinking every day when they go to work at, you know, Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. And, um, you know, there is a whole world outside of social media that exists and that, you know, you, you, people don't have to engage in it. Um, on the other hand, I can't wait to make clips of this and see if anybody reacts. Please like, share, subscribe. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Well, social media, I mean, it, as a whole, it's such a funny thing because especially I think it's the weirdest thing for creatives. And it'll, I complain about social. It's like a double edged sword or whatever, because 
I mean, I complain about it all the time, but then I feel like, fuck, I need, because I'm isolated all that, like, it's just me in my studio. And it's really like, you know, like my sister will come over and she's like, you gotta get off your phone and go talk to a human. And I'm like, well, this has been my only window to the outside world. You know, it's like, and she's totally right. It's the fucking most unhealthy thing. But what's crazy to me about social media is I just had like one of my things go viral. Right. And, and it's only because I played along with the fucking system. Like I am, cause I'm a, I'm like a punk rock kid at heart, you know, like it, I never grew out of it. So I've always been like, fuck the, you know, like fuck these people. I'm not falling in line. But social media is all about getting people to fall in line. Like, yeah. hey, here's the here's the song you get to play. Here's the way we want you to shoot this video. If you want to be seen, stay in line, sheep. You know, it's like it is all about keeping people like in line. And as a creative, when you're like, I just want to share my art with the world. I don't want to fucking have to be an actor or do some stupid fucking sketch comedy skit. Like, I, I got into <laughs> art because I'm a fucking tattooer, not because I'm a fucking comedian or a you know, an actor or, a, or, a you know, like, I don't want to go on and, you know, create all this fucking information that has nothing to do with what I do on a daily basis that just continually takes me away from work. Like I saw the best thing, a painter, she was like this painter and she was like, she posted her painting and kind of was like, uh, you know, how fast I finished this when I stopped fucking filming every aspect of the process for this <laughs> stupid thing, you know, like, cause it's like slowed us down, you know, artistically too, because it's like, I mean, I don't know how people have time to make sketch comp, like, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't know how, how they have time to do that, like, and then go do their work. It's a great or point. Or maybe they, I just don't get it. And, and so, and I suck because I never set up, you know, I know I could probably set up a camera and just film and paint, but then I'm like, I'm just going to paint. Like, we'll just. I was reading something that kind of goes in with what you're saying about like, if you tell all of your friends what you're going to do and you get that instant gratitude, it really kind of just hinders the process. And it makes you think it doesn't put your brain in the same place as if you were to kind of keep it to yourself until the project is finished or your goal is met, you know? So I was curious. So when you, that went viral, how did that make you feel? Was that something that you could see other artists like striving for that feeling of, wow, all these people just saw my, my post or my, perspective well or it's whatever. it's what's weird is that i i mean it was probably like two weeks ago i was like i was getting bummed out because i'm like down to like you know you spent the early part i mean i've been on that goddamn stupid instagram since it started literally since it started like yeah back when it was just photo editing software and um so i built up a decent sized audience on it ba back then and and then now it's like 35 people might see something I post and you're like, I'm built like an audience of like, what, you know, several thousand. And now it's like, you know, 43 people or 35 people. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's not even like, I mean, I could go walk to McDonald's and show it to more people. Like, so mm -hmm. what's the point? Then I get frustrated. Like, why am I even on this thing? What a Gideon, this is, that's bad investment, right? Like if the reward does not like, uh, equal the risk of me having to create the art and put it on there, then it's a bad investment. It's just, and so when we get to these points where you're like getting a hundred views or 50 views, is it really even worth it? And I know those people are going to buy anything anyway, you know, rarely. And so it, it doesn't equate to good, to good marketing or sales anymore. Like it used to for a lot of people, but it doesn't anymore. Yeah, but I was bitching. What's that? 
I like reminding people regularly that like Instagram followers and Instagram likes and Facebook likes, those don't pay your bills. Like even if you do build up a following on the internet, you still have to pay attention to your local community because those are the people that are going to come to you. You know, you'll occasionally have people travel in, but like if you forget about your local community and spreading your name through your local community by walking to McDonald's or, you know, you've got to kind of make yourself a presence in your local scene. And then what happens there is your online interaction goes up, but they're local people that you've actually seen in real life that can actually come to you with their money that they've earned locally and spend it with you. Um, I think everybody's so concerned with the art of social media and they're concerned with promoting and getting their follows up on social media that they forget that your bread and butter, the people that pay your bills are still your neighbors. You know what I mean? And like, you've been a tumbleweed enough, I'm sure to know that that's how it works. Like you have to announce that you're in an area to the area, not the whole entire world because they're going to miss it. You need to somehow get your name out locally when you're in a place. Yeah, and it, it, that's super important. I mean, the majority of my clients have always been, and it, what's interesting, I mean, that I noticed is the majority of my clients were always like the same people. Like I just built a client, like a repeat clientele basis for the most part, you know? Mm-hmm. So slowly new people would trickle in and then they'd stick with me for a while, And but they were always consistent. I mean, because you're building relationships with these people. I did a lot of large-scale work, so I was building relationships with these people and and then, you know, they come back and want to start their next project and you, and it is that i mean you, how many of us have like moved i know for sure i'll speak from experience you can move to the other side of town and you'll have clients that are like dude that's 20 minutes away that's like on the other side of the beltway i'm not fucking driving there i don't leave my neighborhood so if you're not <laughs> if you're not placating your local audience to some degree you're you are missing out because a lot of people aren't traveling to get tattooed you know they're they want to kind of get what's close to them and now you're competing. I mean, there's good people in every fucking town now. It's not like, you know, 30 years ago where they were like, they were, the good people were spotty. And, you know, in order to get really good work, you had to grab them. Yeah. But, to, to both of your points about the, uh, like, getting out and seeing, like, local people, like, even if, if you're interested in getting more social media action, like, your phone's geolocated. You know, if you go to a bar, it's going to know who you were near. It's going to show your stuff to Mm -hmm. the people that were around you. You go to the art store, you go to the library, you go to the gym. Like if if you're going to different locations, again, it's it's following you around and it's going to use all of those signals to distribute, you know, your, your stuff to. But that said, ultimately, if you're not on that thing fucking, you know, 60 times a day, uh, it's going to end up rewarding people that are on it 60 times a day. And so you really do have to like pick and choose, you know, uh, I, I guess earlier I was like, I, I mean, those times where I've taken like, you know, over six months, eight, eight, eight months off completely social media, but then there'd be an opportunity to go to Europe or something that would present itself when I got back on. Right. So it's like, we want to make sure we're, we're aware, I guess, ultimately for, for me to wrap it up, I, there's two beasts uh, and, and we're ultimately in this case, there's two, there's like social media and then those are search engines. And the, the search engines are designed to like deliver the best possible result to people who are searching for what they're looking for. And then social media is designed to suck us all in and keep us addicted to it. Right. So it's like, you know, 
Sometimes social media will deliver us what we're looking for, but really it's designed to keep us on the hook. Whereas search engines, it, the very nature of them is designed to deliver people to us that are searching for what we've got as long as it's good. And I guess ultimately, you know, what you've always had on your side is that you're always doing excellent work, you know, both, um, you know, with your art and your tattoos, but then also working on self-improvement and, and traveling and learning and meeting new people. And it's, uh, well, anyway, and then, and then you also had a, a really long one. Maybe you were talking about that where you were outputting like your art, artistic journey, which was, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't get any, it felt like you couldn't get any more social media gravity, you know, than something like that, or at least you couldn't do it more authentically. What, uh, what about though, too, like, you know, if all of us were to look on our phone and our tracker activity, if I were to spend, you know, some people two hours a day, even, can you imagine that the social credit you'd receive if every single day, instead of opening your Instagram, you connected with a, with a human 60 times a day? Yeah. 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 Well, that's the, t the hard part for me is that I literally am in a studio painting by my yeah. stuff. Like, and that's one thing I've kind of realized this year is like, I think my next step, once I figure out what I'm going to do with my family here is, is to uh, maybe build a studio, at least a place where I can have some people around or <laughs> work around more artists because it's also unhealthy to be alone that much. Like you don't have people to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, it's like you're constantly just feeding yourself mm -hmm. and, and, and it can be dangerous too, you know, especially because, someone like myself, I can get deep in my own thoughts and be like, oh, this might even do anything worthwhile anymore. <laughs> you know, like, so if someone were to call you, someone watching or, you know, any of the many, many, many people that you've engaged with and they call you and say, hey, Gunnar, I'd love you to for you to come out to my shop, do a guest spot. Is that something you still kind of do or more focused on your painting? No, actually, I'm hope this year I'm actually like I'm doing three. I'll be doing we'll be doing the Paradise Tattoo Gathering this year. And then I'm doing the Richmond Tattoo Convention and I'm doing Grand Rapids. Like I'm trying, and then I do middle of the map. I'm be out there for that one in Iowa. Uh, and then I'm hoping to go do more guest spots. Now, the hard part about like, I haven't been tattooing much here in Connecticut. So I, and I don't know if I'm going to keep trying to find a shop here, if I'm just going to go on the road for that purpose and just kind of go tattoo. Cause I like, I learn more when I'm around, you know, like the more people I'm around, the more, you know, I can take in and, and learn. And I, you know, even though I'm about to hit 50, I'm like, I feel like I'm so young artistically that I'm like still very hungry, you know? So I, I want to get out and keep growing and stuff. And so this year was cool. I got to really focus on my paintings and stuff. Uh, I'd like to kind of be able to focus more on tattoo, like, you know, balance them. Um, but I'd like to get out and do some focusing on that world too. And, um, so yeah, I'm hoping to get out and I like to, and I do a lot of teaching. So I'm hoping to get to do more like teaching stuff. Like I've done quite a few presentations and, uh, and seminars and workshops over the last 20 years. So, um, I'd like to kind of do those or even in more like personal environments, but I'm not very like tech savvy. So I don't do, you know, it probably would behoove me to do like these type of things, but I'm not probably ever going to, you know, you got to know yourself. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I don't know if I'll ever get around to doing like, you know, Zoom classes or anything like that. Hey, uh, uh, speaking of fun tech, techie tricks, I do actually have a, a QR code here. So I don't know if you can see it, but uh, it's popping up for the stream. So if anybody wants to go straight to the Paradise uh, seminar, 
They can just click the QR code right now. I don't know if you could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Do you, yep, do you, do you, do you want to uh, chat a little bit about the uh, the paradise? You have uh, three days, is uh, but people could take it for one, two, or three days. It seems. Yeah, I tried to. So I did a three day workshop. You can, if you like, people want to, they can go to the Instagram Art of Gunner Instagram, um, where I just did a little video for you guys. It might be on your Paradise Instagram too, which kind of has I like kind of wrote out what the days are a little too. Awesome. Um, and I'll send that information to you too to update. But yeah, so I I decided I, I'm doing an oil painting seminar. It's three days because it's so much information. So the first day is going to cover like materials. Um, you know, what they are, what they do, like why we use things the way we use them. Um, the second day we're going to get into the foundational aspect. So it'll be like, you know, priming the canvas or priming your panels or whatever, transferring drawings and then various under like stages or like early stages of creating a painting. And then the last day will be more like complex stuff, like different, different, like advanced techniques and um, stuff you can only do after, like if you're doing layered paintings. Um, so it'll have like, you know, different stuff on that all the way out to the varnish. So it's essentially the full, pro everything you need to know from beginning to end, but it's too much to do like in a single thing. So, you know, if someone's like, hey, I already know about the tools, you know, I, I get that. I just want to learn about like the, the more the painting process. I did that just because there's other seminars running and I didn't want to like conflict with someone who might want to take another course. But like, I highly suggest people take the, the whole thing because there's so much in like, I packed in a lot of information. I'm trying to currently work on like, and like an ebook for people so they can have like quick notes to get back to it, you know, because it's a lot to like remember, but it's like a very experience, you know, you have to experience it type of thing. So when I'll be doing demos, and then I'll like show people how to do it. That way I can sit with people and, you know, cause there's certain things that like people, you know, it's like you can watch YouTube videos, but it's like, if you don't know what the pressure of the brush is supposed to be like, it's like tattooing. It's like, you can watch all the goddamn videos, but if someone doesn't mm -hmm. tell you like what you're supposed to be feeling when the machine hits the skin. And I tried to equate it to like tattooing. So when I talk about certain brushes or things like, you know, I'll be talking of like making comparisons so that, People who are tattooers will understand, you know, they'll be able to make the correlation. That way you can take it back and forth with you. You can use, you know, use that in both sides of painting and tattooing. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, I, I, I thought that the three days was necessary. It's just, it's a lot of information. Um, and, and it's not like, I'm not teaching you how to just do a. You're not going to leave with a painting. Like you won't leave with a finished painting. You'll leave with a lot of knowledge on how to go paint. <clears throat> the type of stuff you want to paint like so um it's more it's just straight information on how how to like create a painting and like what it all means and that way if you do go watch the youtube videos all the stuff might make more sense for you if you like have artists you follow like some of the stuff like from there will click and you'll be like ah, okay like now i get like a little bit more why they're doing what they're doing so yeah awesome. that's what we're doing yeah okay. i'm really excited i'm really excited about this it's uh no it's going to be a fun uh well it's going to be a fun week uh, to your point uh, it's, i think it's uh, three hours is what we have scheduled and i have it set so it's the same time uh so people that do take all three days there's going to be plenty of opportunity to take any of anything you know other things that, the, that they would want to and um 
Yeah, no, people are, are registering now. The, the schedule is up, so it's uh, and somebody okay, actually cool. uh, clicked the uh, the. Oh, it looks like three people clicked that QR code. Um, I don't know if they uh, click add to basket, but um, it's kind of fun to uh, to see that working. See that it's working, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, technology. Um, yeah, but uh, awesome. So then, uh, and then are you going to be? What, what's what, how are you participating in Richmond? Or are you are you teaching? Are you? Uh, I'll be I'll painting? be painting. I'm painting there as well. I don't know what. Um, Jesse and I had discussed it. It was kind of more of a like, hey, I want to come down and hang out with you guys. What could we do type of thing? And then I told him I didn't, wasn't sure. I wasn't like tattooing frequently enough here to want to like tattoo in a large <clears throat> crowded environment right now. So, sure. um, <clears throat> so anyways, I was, yeah, so I was probably going to go paint and sell, you know, sell prints and prints and stuff. Uh, and and hang out with my friends and socialize them. So, yeah. very fun, awesome. Well, we have uh, we have ten minutes before the hour is up. So, I just wanted to put that out there so we could catch up on any uh, any last minute topics that we have. And um, what do you, what do you, what are you uh, listening to these days or, or reading? Are you, I think you always have a uh, a steady diet of of evolving content. No. Oh yeah, you know what I, <laughs> I'm, yeah, and I do, and I'm like constantly, I like read like six books at the same time because I'm just ADD or whatever the hell that, whatever it is, whatever is wrong with my brain that makes me have to like digest way too much at the same time. Um, yeah, I'm I'm actually reading a book on <clears throat> on the enlightened path the, uh, about the path. I don't know, it's like a Buddhist book that I thought might be kind of good. It's just about like enjoying the the journey um rather than like trying to get to the destination type of thing uh and then i started like listening to some business and marketing books because i really stuck at that part of my career so i've kind of delved into like trying to study you know put in the same type of study i do with artistic techniques as i so i figured i'd buckle down and try and get some business and marketing uh knowledge in where i could um music wise it's i don't know it's either it's either like hip-hop that's kind of sounds like 90s ish hip-hop but it could be modern hip-hop <laughs> but it's gotta like sound like not like the new stuff <laughs> gotta sound a little older and uh and i like folk music a lot like it just depends on what my mood is and what i'm painting i tend to like set my scene with the music so like it matches whatever the work is i'm doing is so um so right now it's been kind of i've been doing these like landscape caverns and they're very serene so the music's been a little bit more mellow um when i did the dystopian stuff it was definitely a little like more punkish it was like no effects like uh mm -hmm. you know the idiots are taking over the world like uh, <laughs> literally as we like, speak uh, yeah so a little bit more like that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's all over. I listen okay. to like everything. I'm like all over the place musically. Like ever, I said, everything I do is like a little bit all over the place. Do you, did you get to uh, explore caverns uh, to, uh, to to take reference photos and such? Or uh... I've been through a few of them. Um, I actually just posted a picture. I got to do one. I think it's called the. I think it's called the Aztec Cavern out in oh. Texas, maybe. Um, but I did that a few years ago. I got to go out there and visit uh, one of my friends and 
she took me to a sweat lodge and then we went to this cavern. It was really oh, cool. Amazing. I, yeah, I, it was a neat experience. You already have me trained. Uh, I was looking at, I was sitting on my bed and I was looking at two pictures of a uh, house caverns, probably like three hours from, from you. It's like in New York. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, God damn, they're probably four years apart, but the, the camera did not shift at all. And I'm looking at like the different highlights on the stalagmites and I'm like looking and I'm like, it's literally the same. It's just like, and I'm, and I'm thinking I'm like, well, I guess if you're in a cavern, you have a really controlled environment. So if there was ever a place to do like a time lapse, it would be, you know, 500 feet underground or whatever. Anyways, I was just thinking of the caverns and it'd be fun to do a, do a cavern reference trip with, with people. <laughs> Yeah, if I could, yeah, and I need to do that too. I need to start doing more like <clears throat> painting and painting in in environments. But normally, it's just so much work to like pack up and get out. And I'm like, I'll just stay in today. And then, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I don't mean to to, to hug anything, but uh, last this inspiring tour this last spring, we were up in New Hampshire and we were doing plain air. Nick Baxter and Sean Barber were leading plain air and. Nick had us like halfway up a mountain, you know, halfway up a side of a mountain that was like all ice. And uh, it wasn't all ice, excuse me. It was like 60% ice in patches. So like you could hop from like patch to patch. And yeah, we had, we had the cameras out. And, uh, but you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. But then a fucking bird flies around and hops right on to uh, uh, Sean Barber's easel. And it's like looking at him. Sean's like, oh shit. And he's got his camera out. And he's like, oh my God. And then the bird kamikazes him, hits him in the chest and then flies off. And he's got it all on tape. It was crazy. Oh man. But, um, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. awesome. Nick's doing, out there. <laughs> he's doing a plein air thing at the Paradise, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Nick. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it'll, it'll be much warmer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll be pretty cool. That's exciting. So, fun, fun, fun. sweet. Yeah, it can be a little risky out in some of those places. I've watched some people paint in some scary ass places, or mosquitoes and bugs, and I don't know. It's been a little too hot this summer for me to be getting outside and just, you know trying to it's like i painted once i did that once at uh what's that red rocks in colorado mm -hmm. i went and painted oh, yeah. when i when i drove i like did this drive cross country and was like painting at all these places and you know visiting all these places and my paints were melting down the oh. down my palette it was so it was like 170 <laughs> degrees on the palette like the oh. <laughs> yeah the um what's it called one of the uh security people or whatever police that like control the area she had this like little thermometer thing and she like put it on my palette and it was like i forget i mean it was like something like that was like 135 or 155 it was like super friggin hot and i was like yeah maybe i think i'm done for the day like this is yeah. too much yeah. so yeah i mean uh one of the main things i see that stops uh illustrators or, or painters or fine artists the the crew of non-tattoo artists that have already been accomplished to coming into tattooing is how inconvenient it is to like work with clients who have budgets and squirm and talk. Oh yeah. You know? uh, when they're so used to, you know, six hours from nine o'clock at night to three o'clock in the morning, listening to what they want to thinking about what they want to, you know, uh, tattooing is a completely different beast in that, in that, in that regard. That's what I, that like for me is huge because, you know, I always have people that were like, you know, what got you into painting? or whatever. And, and it was always kind of the inconvenience of not being able to like have an outlet when the creativity struck. I mean, I was doing like color pencils and stuff, but to me, that stuff isn't necessarily as like archival, uh, you know, and as the painting was. So, 
And now that's, that's what's been awesome is I literally can create whatever I feel like whenever I want, like, I'm not like bound to someone's idea. I'm not bound to their budget. I'm, you know, it's like, just do what I want when I want. And, and, you know, like I could wake up at five in the morning, you know, this morning I actually got up at like four 30, I think it was like four 30 and I could, I just couldn't fall back asleep. So I got I'm like, well, I guess it's paint time. And then I just went to the studio and painted for a few hours till I got tired again. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. You can't so, do so that I, with tattoo. I can't call you at like, hey, it's five in the morning. You want to meet me at the like studio? Well, you can call <laughs> yeah. me. I probably would. I'm up that early. But uh, <laughs> so, I mean, my last question though is about this. So now that you've done this phase uh, where you're, you know, un, uh, you know, unhindered creativity, do, do you think that there's a, a a happy medium that you'll be able to find? I mean, everyone's different, but like, like, could you do this for two months a year and then tattoo for ten months so that you're constrained, you know, somewhat constrained or getting ideas from clients for ten months, but then you have two months of unbridled creativity is there any way to mix it would you be able to like have one day a week just to go wild with your imagination or is it is it that extended period of time that allowed you to to get where you're well I, you know it's funny i was like my new joke is i love making art but i really love making a living and uh and it's been <laughs> yeah. that's been <laughs> that has definitely been weighing on me this year where i'm like fuck man i i do like this is a job i'm not like a hobbyist I've, you know i've been a professional artist and I just, I, this, I've been in creative mode, so I haven't been in like sales. Like that comes up when I do the conventions and then I'll have all the art to sell and all the, you know, merchandise and stuff. So I do think there is like a little bit of a, like a sow and reap system that has to take place. Like where you buckle, like where I do need to buckle down and create and then release, you know, go release it and make the money and stuff. I mean, ideally if I got this system down, then I would probably be living in like Costa Rica or somewhere else. And then yeah. I would then I would sell my art back, you know, somewhere else and then go back there and live there for, you know, whether it's like six months somewhere else and six months here. Like, I mean, that would, that would be ideal. America's a fucking mess right now. So it's like, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I feel like I might be inspired somewhere else a little bit more like the jungles of Peru or something. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably a system there. I don't know. I'm like still, I'm trying to think, navigate where I'm at currently. Cause I, like I said, <laughs> yeah. it's all the life unfolds, you know, <clears throat> and you just adapt as, you know, you adapt and you, you know, just keep pushing forward. So th this year will be like, like I'd sat and I made a lot of art. Now I have a lot of merchandise. So now like when I go, wow, this year should be like a really good, you know, kind of a good, good year for me. So and then maybe I'll take some time off once that like has some time to settle and come back and create again. So Sweet. I don't know. I kind of play it by, by day by day these days, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, after 50, every year's a bonus year, really, frankly, it's like, uh, Oh shit. Dude, we're not you know? that old man. Calm the fuck down. Like, <laughs> Fair, so not that, just, maybe if this was like 1820s, we were that old. But. No, fair enough, fair enough. It's, uh, you know, in the health extension, you know, the scientists are doing pretty great. Well, watched a couple of people, uh, you know, get you, past Both, their, uh, both my grandparents lived into their mid-90s, so I know I still got at least a 40-something. Okay. You know, well, I don't know that, but there's at least 40 years ahead of me. And that shit looks like long, too. So I'm not even, I don't know if I, I, I might be good with, it depends on what my body's doing. Like, if I'm, like, able to still have fun and enjoy life then then i'll be like fuck let's go 90 let's go 100 well, uh, from, from what i could tell that is one of the main ingredients of the life extension or life health uh, studies is that when people feel like they have something to live for they have a community of people around them that actually give a shit and 
Yeah, yeah they want to. They want to do stuff. There's a show know? on Netflix right now, the Blue Zones, hundred hundred year life, the Blue Zones. I'm all for it. I'm trying to study what what some of these folks are doing. <laughs> nice, nice. Com- I want to community. Hear the, uh, community yeah. was one. What's that? I want to hear what the skeptics guy into the universe has to say about it. That's uh, whenever I see the Netflix specials, I'm like, okay, what do the skeptics have to say? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's enough skeptics. There's enough we'll, we'll, of that. We'll find out. We'll find out <laughs> next Saturday at noon. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm done. I'm. Uh, thanks again for uh, for coming. Out. Oh, I didn't have. Oh, goddamn! I have one other question. I'm sorry, but we're almost done. But uh, I want to hear the story about when you very first met Derb. When I very first met him? first meeting, yeah. What was your first uh, impression in meeting uh, when, when you met Derb? What was, what was the situation? Paint the picture here, if you remember. Um, I met Derb. I was doing a guest. I came out to Ohio. I was doing a guest. I was working at Dark Side. Was I working at Dark Side at the time? I might have been working at Dark Side at the uh-huh. time. Wait, wait, what year? So this is 90s? Uh, 90, uh, 97 or 98 or 98, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, it, I graduated college in 98. I moved to Ohio like shortly after, like uh-huh. real quick. But I went out there and um, we did a guest spot out there. Eric had set up a guest spot. I kind of was tagging along. He was a little bit more well-known than I was at that time. And so I went out with him, tagged along with him, and we drove out there. And then um, I don't remember. Hoffa was there. Uh-huh. And uh, I think Phil was there back then, and this Angela Nalis. There was a couple guys there. Yeah, um, Phil Holt. I love Phil Holt. Phil's, Phil's great. Yeah, and I think that we went to, we might have went and drank at a tiki bar, and I might have climbed up the side of the tiki bar. <laughs> it's not there anymore. It was like a historic place. They tore it down. The I forget what, the key, the Kahiki, the key, well, I forget what it was called, but it had like a roof like this. Um, awesome. Yeah, we got it was it was like pretty rowdy. We were young, like punk Wicked young. kids. Like Oof. we were young punk kids, so we probably got in trouble together, and uh-huh. we hit it off really well. I mean, I like I said, I moved out there shortly after. I like really enjoyed it and went awesome. out pre- pretty quick. I think I was out there like six months later, maybe or something. Sure. I, uh, I remember uh, hearing those stories right from from the dark, you know, from the dark side. I was hanging uh, out there just as a computer geek and. Uh, so I'd hear the, the the stories coming back from from Columbus and Hell City and um, oh, did we lose? Uh, I think we lost everybody. So we're, I guess we're signing off here. It's eleven o'clock officially, uh, oh, okay. or, or twelve o'clock officially. Um, well, hey, thanks again. I'm gonna flash up the uh, the QR code here for your demystifying oil painting for tattooers. So if anybody's interested in catching it uh, live, uh, we don't have plans to to webcast it as far as I know. Uh, if you have enough interest, I'm happy to, to entertain the notion. But um, but so far, let's uh, let's uh, everyone's invited to come out and, and join you in person. And then yeah, uh, that'd be great. What's uh, your other your your official? Uh, do you have an official sign off? Now's your official sign off. I'm Gunner. You can find me at oh shit oh. in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere painting. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nowhere. I mean, you can find me. I mean, just Instagram art of Gunner, and yeah, that's about it. That's probably about it right now. Perfect. I don't and, have uh, like an. I don't have an official. You can find me at Paradise. How about that? Uh, fantastic. But people should go there. Yeah. They can. They can buy your paintings. They can buy your prints, and yep. uh, eventually they'll be uh, able to get tattooed by you again. But um. But for yeah, now, but before by twenty twenty four. Yeah. So. 
Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again for hopping on. And uh, we know it's Monday morning, but uh, well, I guess if you're up at five, I'm up, uh, I'm up or four or five, I'm up at four or five. It's not that early, but, but anyways, uh, yeah. have fun and we'll catch up in the future, man. Very soon. Sounds good. Thanks.